Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. It's been a week. It has been a week. Well, or was it's it been two, two weeks? Two weeks. It's been yeah. two weeks, we yes. Went to the seaside. We went to the seaside. We were nice. going to record at the seaside, but we're yeah. at the seaside. Yeah. Apparently when you're at the seaside, you don't want to record, you want to be at the seaside. Yeah, yeah, week off, summer, why not? Hey. Um, I'm going to talk briefly about the Hugo Awards. Oh, the that resu- happened, the, yeah. The results came in, I think it was last night or night Did before, you win? Like that. <laughs> I, I didn't win, no. No, I mean, I've, I've got my... See, you mocked me for writing down my choices, um, so I can actually read them out on the show, but now I can add the actual standings yeah. to them as well. Okay. So... Who uh, did you want to win? Uh, I picked... Uh, Death's End by Xixin Liu as the, the big doorstopper of uh, hard SF futuristic dimension hijinks and alien invasions and so on. And uh, that came last. Yeah, too long. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> not enough space battles. I don't know if, in, looking at the actual standing, I don't know if they were applying your own particular algorithm to uh, Hugo winning success, which is what, a thousand divided by okay. ten plus. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you basically get a score out of one to ten depending on how many pages you have. And every, every time, every hundred pages, you lose a point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, I think you're not really into the novel category, really. Anyway, so. I love novels. I just think they're too long. <laughs> You want the novella category or the short story? No, no, stories. novella. Short story and novella are shorter. Okay. Um, anyway, so the actual rankings were The Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemisin came first, yeah. uh, which is unusual um, because she won last year for the preceding volume of the same series, and that almost never happens. I think Kim Stanley Robinson got two and three of the Red Mars ones. Yeah, but weren't they and a I year don't apart? Even think, yeah, they weren't even a year apart. I think they were two or three years apart. So that's that's quite a, quite astounding, really. It's ruined. They were just going for whatever. And I didn't really now. like it, which, I don't know, makes me wonder if it's me. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, second place was All the Birds in the Sky, which I about fifth <laughs> that was the uh, sort of mad scientist meets modern meets modern day witch and then a sort of fall in love type story okay yeah, yeah. Uh, then uh third place was nine fox gambit that was your yeah, sort of advanced calendar calendar mathematics type oh, yes. space military yeah. thing which i quite liked uh fourth place was a close and common orbit that was about the ai raising the being raised by the engineer and the engineer yeah. having flashbacks to when she was raised by an ai the little touching uh, emotional story there that i put second in my choices and uh, that came fourth kind of um, yeah fifth was too like the lightning i put that fourth i think that's about the only thing we agreed on really is that that was a bit impenetrable and impenetrable and a bit windy and and but probably worth sticking out for the entire series it's going to be a whole load of books and uh, when it actually <sighs> gets to where it's going i imagine that'd be quite good um and then last place uh, was uh, yeah, last place was Death's End, sixth place, which is a shame. I really liked it, and obviously the three body problem, uh, the first book in that series won the Hugo of its year, um, twenty thirteen or fourteen, something like that. So I don't know, surprising, fickle. I wonder how much of it is about. Uh, I don't want to you know play the politics card. It shouldn't be about that, but I wonder if some of that's what's happened here. Quite it's hard possibly. to tell. Anyway, so some numbers. Uh, so they did this transferable vote thing. So you, 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 there were six six nominees, uh, and you put them in order of preference, and then that went off to to be collated. And what they did is they looked at all of the put all of those vote ballot papers together, totted all up how many each one got, and then whoever was last place got discarded. And all the votes that went to that last place, then the sec the, whoever's yeah. their second place choice was then recalculated through. And basically, it's very complicated transferable vote thing that I didn't quite understand. I wrote down some numbers. I got the the actual numbers so the the uh so in order so the obelisk gate got 427 on the first pass votes uh second place were all birds and sky got 429 which is higher but that came second because of how the transferable voting all yeah. happened more people put that as their second place than the obelisk gate or whatever um Third place was Nine Fox Gambit with 403 on the first pass, uh, 400 for Close and Common Orbit on the second pass, and 341 for the fourth place and 290 on things. So in total, total votes cast was 2339. That's terrible. It's surprising. Get out and vote, people. Well, I mean, it costs you 50. You've either got to go to the Worldcon thing, which costs you quite a lot of money, travel and hotels and, and some entry fee as well, or even the supporting membership, which is what I do. costs about $35 oh. this time around. It was 50 the year before. I think it varies by whoever's organising it. But So it's you've got to be so keen and so interested in it that you're willing to essentially throw a load of money away to be to, yeah. to have a vote. And I guess that just doesn't appeal to a vast number of people. That's down, actually. I've got the, the 2016 voting, 2,903 people took okay. part, votes and this year 2,339 so it's down 600 from last year last year was in America wasn't last it? year was the Kansas mid-American yeah. com thing but I, I think there's I a think difference a lot between the... going to Sweden or wherever it was and uh... 
Well, I wonder how many people are doing supporting voting. I couldn't find a number for the breakdown for that. It, it probably was there, but I just didn't. It's really dropping off now that the puppy stuff is. Well, I don't know. I mean, I got no award. No award got forty-nine votes this time around. So you pick no award if you look at that list of six books and, and are so horrified by them all that you'd rather nobody took an award yeah. home than than any of those people. Well, uh, and forty-nine people did that. I think fifty did that last year. So not one of them was a Philip K. Dick. So no award. Well, so you you've gone for no award. Uh, you did. You did. You came leastest. Yeah. So well done. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I, I don't want it to be about politics. I always get very nervous and, and uncomfortable, sort of even breach thinking about and discussing the, the sort of well, the puppies and you know people of certain demographics who who ought to do well and should do well and you should vote for certain people because this book or that book or that author is more or less worthwhile. I just don't like to get involved in that. And I don't. I don't even. I like to pretend it isn't even happening, which I suppose is part of the problem, really. But. Definitely. So I don't know, I, I've, I've come up as an inadvertent puppy again. And I wonder, shall I do it again next year? I sort of start to worry. If I, my, own, my own sort of preferences well, you, are so out of touch with the majority of how the voting went. If you're not going to vote for the winner, what's the point? <laughs> you don't know the, who the winner is when you vote. It, what it means is, uh, am I as a bit of a dinosaur who likes rocket yes. and space laser gun sci-fi? Which I suppose Death's End is probably... Death's End and Nine Fox Gambit, I suppose, out of all of those, were probably the most traditionalist sort of sci-fi but they're still very progressive in their ways they've both got female protagonists i mean you know they've got quite far-reaching and interesting philosophical concepts going on as well as the bonkers space stuff and i don't know i don't know is it is 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 the hugo's becoming more and more about the feels and personalities and interpersonal relationships and stuff and the the very stuff that these these puppies don't like in their books quite possibly perhaps so i mean i i am you know, mature enough and self-aware enough to know that my own opinions are not necessarily the, the mainstream, and that's fine. I, 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 I did enjoy all six of these books. I mean, this was a ranking exercise. That's how voting works. You have to pick one to be last, and I, I put them in that order, and that order was. All, I mean, I could have tried a little bit harder to get it precisely wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite get the reverse order. Statistically, it's unlikely for you to get it wrong two years on a trot. I know, I know. Well, this is that's that's the main thing I'm thinking about. This is twice in a row this has happened now, and I'm starting to think, oh, have I really got a place in the Hugo, you know, world, as it were? You know, am I turning up to to the wrong kind of thing here, or or is is this just fine and this is is good and a representative? You know, it shows that lots of different voices are getting their say, which I imagine probably wasn't the case. In the in the eighties or the fifties when these these were going on back in the day, I don't know. It makes me worry, and perhaps I just shouldn't worry, and perhaps I should just plunge on in anyway. I mean, I just love the opportunity to take part, you know. Even though I am voting against, <laughs> common, have, have you considered field. liking different things? I, I could try and change my personality yeah. immensely. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, should I do it next year? I mean, obviously, next year I'll, I'm going to see what. You know, I could just see what the nominees are, buy and read the nominees, and not actually pay and do the voting thing. Um, or I could still carry on taking part. Perhaps, perhaps the Hugo's only works if enough voices of all sorts take part. Yeah. Because have the Hugo's ever worked? I don't know. I don't know because and what by work that means they're attempting to do a thing. What are they attempting to do? Showcase good science fiction. I suppose in, in that case, in that state, well, sense, they do work. Do they? Um, let, let us look at our other shows where we've covered various. Yes, yes, including the upcoming show. Regular viewers will know that every month or so, when we can be bothered, we do we do the book review of a Hugo nomin- a Hugo winner of the past, and me and you and Doctor Torag have a good old ramble about uh, about the books that we look. But we are all of a similar kind of demographic. Yeah. It has to be said, you know. So I I don't know if what any of it means or <laughs> what any of us tried to prove. I, I did enjoy reading them all and I don't regret buying them and taking part. So I think I probably will carry on taking part. And yes, even if I, even if it turns out that consistently year after year after year, I've just <laughs> all it does is prove how out of touch with modern science fiction Which my of own those preferences books are. was the one I said I would like? Um, I think you were quite fascinated by Too Light of the Lightning, actually, which came fifth. I placed it fourth. Yeah. So, but Yeah, OK. Uh, the uh, um, the entire awards are worthless. <laughs> It's a hobby, isn't it? You got to do something with yeah. your life. I think I will keep going with it. See what next year brings up, and yeah, I'll just keep voting how I. Because at the end of the day, that's that's the right way to do it, isn't it? Pick pick books if you like science fiction. Pick the books that you like the most and and vote for them. And you know, dem- democracy will sort out the rest. Damn you, democracy! <laughs> what have you ever done for us apart from ruin everything? No, well there you go. So yeah, I, I liked all six, um, but not necessarily in the order that many other people would take part. But the interesting thing is how it seems to be dropping 
me off again with the the, the participation. Yeah, now. I don't, I'd expect it. I don't know if that's necessarily to do with oh, it's in Finland. That's quite hard to get to. It's more. And I think you've had a couple of years of. It's been quite publicity. high. Yes, all this the puppy stuff of the last sort of three to five years, or well, the last three or four years, I suppose, has, uh, has yeah. driven it up a bit. I, I, Is and, that dying off now? And then people, people like you came along. <laughs> yes. Well, I, yeah, I was, I was essentially a tourist driven along to it by all that by all that publicity and thinking, well, I, you know, I ought to try and do my bit to make sure that actually science fiction that I like, you know, that people like is represented. So and that seems to be working. It seems to be a much more wider and diverse list of things going through than, than used to be. So, well, we'll see where it goes next, yeah. I suppose. It all comes and goes in cycles, I suppose. It really does. So there we go. That's it for another year. I can go and just read a whole load of Terry Pratchett in a row now. Binge, binge the witches. Oh, I think books. you should. That's what I'm doing at the moment. I am. I'm, I'm, I've done with sisters, lords and ladies. I think I'm onto about onto. I'm onto carp jug. No, not carp jugular masquerade. Carpe jugulum. Carpe jugulum. Yes. So anyway, yes. I'm just. I'm Do you just, know I get emails <laughs> about your pronunciations? Oh, that's a, that's terrible for you, yeah. isn't it? I don't. <laughs> Anyway, um, yes, so uh, I'm just reading what I like now. So I'm not. Good. I'm reading terrible stuff. Yeah. That's More than the next show. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, why don't you talk about a thing? I'm going to talk about a game called Slime Rancher. Slime Rancher, okay. What do you think that's about? Uh, is it some sort of Farmville thing to do with monsters? Sort of. Mm. It's a first-person game where you've basically got a vacuum gun. Right. Uh, which, you know, consider the uh, gravity gun. Okay, but yeah. it also has four vats or five vats where you can suck things up into it, like you can suck up water later on in the game, okay. or you can suck up slimes. Uh, right. Slimes are basically large, blobby, slimy creatures. I am an old D and D hand, old Pathfinder hand. I know about slimes, which exist in the world, mm-hmm. and you start off with a pink slime. Right. So you suck up a pink slime, you take it back to your ranch, you put it in a pen. And then you have a pink slime, and you give it some food, a bit of fruit, a <laughs> bit of veg, and then it uh, drops a crystal. So I'm sort of thinking Pokemon meets Viva Piñata or uh, something. Viva Piñata's a very close one. Mm. So it drops this crystal, a purple, oh, sorry, a pink crystal. Yeah. You feed it food, then it drops a crystal. Right. We do how not. Can cons- we, how can we mercilessly exploit this on an industrial we're, we're scale? We're not considering how this crystal is created. <laughs> so you take your crystal, yeah. put it into a machine, and it gives you money for it. Right, okay. Then you explore a bit more, and you find, say, a uh, rock slime, uh-huh. which is blue. And then you take that back, put it into a pen, um, feed it, take the uh, crystals, put it in the machine, get a different amount of money. Right, okay, with you so far. Yeah, and there are lots and lots of types of slimes. Okay. And so you make up a farm, and uh, with all these pens which you're feeding, you start growing uh, food on crop pen. Uh, Fields? Field, fields, fields, that's the word. The word yeah. yes. Fields, I should know that, I live in a country. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and on trees. Okay. And uh, you feed it and you make all these uh, crystals and then you spend the money on upgrades and things. Right, okay. Then... What's your overall aim? You're just trying to gain lots of money and see the world? Or? Not entirely what the overall aim is. Get to <laughs> right, the end sorry. of things. Okay. Now, if you take one of these crystals yeah. and feed it to a different colour slime, mm. like if you've got a pink slime and you feed it a rock crystal... Yeah then the slime will turn into a larger slime, which uh, is a pink rocky one. They're eat, eating each other's crystals. Yeah. That's a bit weird. And so then, when you feed it, it will drop both pink and rock. Crossbreeding. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you can only do it for uh, twos, uh, and not everything can be bred mm. that easily, like water ones are a bit hard to breed. But uh, you then end up with a bunch of pens with these mutated creatures in which you're using to get all of the crystals you need. And then you start exploring. And then you need to find uh, find locked doors. And you get through them by feeding lots of required food to larger creatures which are in the world. And then you can explore even further, get more types of slimes. And then after a while, you unlock the ability to uh, make machinery which can then be put in uh, around in the world to get more resources, which can make more machinery. And you can start building up your world that way. It sounds quite elaborate. It's almost it, well, bordering sort of Minecraft dimensions, more packs and stuff. It sounds more elaborate than it is. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but, you're talking it up well. But it is a very interesting little game. It was free on um, uh, Games for Gold this month. Okay. So this is why I started thing. playing it. But mm. it's also out on PC, and I don't know about playstation i should assume so mm. uh and it's just this really really relaxing game plays relatively slowly you're not really doing any sort of fast reaction goals. things mm. but you're you're basically 
hitting that sweet spot of that button for I'm making sure this has got enough food, I'm harvesting these crops. It's sort of like if you imagine a mobile phone game like um, Farmville or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But in first person, person without any of the microtransactions and delay timers to slow it down. Yeah. And it's really oddly compelling. Sort of quite a quite a sort of soothing, enjoyable sort of game yeah. loop to it all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you take damage, but so far nothing's really been that deadly to it's me. Not that combat-y a game then. That's not at it. the moment. Um, yeah. Out in the wild, some things will attack you, but you can just get past them quite easily by running. Okay, fair enough. And oh, they're chickens as well. <laughs> And so well, it's largely about the sort of the, the collectibles aspect of... It's, is there like a big list of all the slimes you're trying to find? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can there, tick them off. Yeah, it's basically about making sure you've got the right resources in order to make the things you need to get better resources. It's so part management, part exploring. Yeah. yeah so. And I don't know what the end goal is going to be. I don't know when I'm going to have considered to have finished it. Possibly when I've collected everything. Possibly when I've built everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't sort, know if there was a hard end. Yeah, the structure. It's just, it's just sort of sandboxy. Go, go do all this stuff and tick off these lists yeah. I suppose yeah but it's really <clears throat> quite interesting and fun yeah it's not deep at all when it comes down to it and mm. all you're basically doing is collecting enough carrots to feed to animals <laughs> in a pen well there's a lot of different games like that but I mean how transparent the, the click fest of it all is or how engaging the moment to moment gameplay of it all is is yeah. quite variable I you, you mentioned Viva Pinata it mm. doesn't have any of the depth of Viva Pinata okay um which is a game I really have to go back to and re-examine. Yeah, I never played it, but I remember you talking about it. Yeah. It, it was a good game, but then I just sort of stopped playing it because it sucks up loads of hours, and I think I need to put more time into it. Mm-hmm. But I think this... Okay, I'm not probably never going to go back to this game after I've had my <laughs> fill this time. Been there, tick, yeah, done. But I, I must be up to 15, 18 hours already in two days. Well, yeah, so, that's, that's a success then, really. Yeah, and I, that I, kind of time I've definitely it. got my worth out of this game even more so considering it was part of my subscription bonus. Yeah, yeah. They can't all be like 2,000 hours later still playing no. type things, yeah. That sounds good. Cool. Uh, I'm still playing Warframe. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I've been at it about a week or two, fortnight or so now, and I... I it's still fun. It's got that the moment-to-moment gameplay is still very good. It's just, That's just good. That's very mean. tight, sort of third-person jump around, shoot people in the face with shotguns, hit them with sticks type. The flow of it all. I mean, this is a certain degree of parkour to it. I can't work out how to do the wall drag run thing, but apparently you can do it. I've yeah. <laughs> seen, seen, seen people doing it, but um, yeah. So and it takes up that that sort of occupies that sort of twenty-minute, half-hour spot of early evening or whatever before launching off into the big main event of an evening yeah. like you know static groups or whatever it doesn't seem to bear a sort of three hours solid play you know you'll, you'll play one or two missions and then you know that'll do go off and come back later particularly the the crafting so you're sort of flying through all these different levels and uh, attacking stuff finding resource nodes as you as you go through and looting boxes and whatever and that all feeds into this blueprint crafting system which is where all the weapons and bits of uh, new warframes themselves come from and of course, your overall player progression deter- is driven by you maxing out ranks in various different weapons, which yeah. you get through the crafting. The crafting takes a while. For starters, you've got the rare drop aspect of the blueprints and the components themselves, which sort of definitely feeds into a kind of long-term game. But uh, the actual business, once you've got all that, the, the, these things will take 24 hours to craft a, a piece of kit. So it's, yeah. it's leave it, come back tomorrow type of thing. Um, but yeah, still really enjoying it. It's starting to get harder. but also And also I'm starting to see the, the rinse and repeat nature of the levels yes. pool, as it were. The, the, the stock of, of levels it because the levels seem to be kind of procedurally built as they load you don't seem to end up with the same deck plan in two two missions if the same mission attempted twice in a row will be different layouts yeah. but they're made up of very very recognizable room blocks that it seems to bolt together to make these levels with and so you start to know where the barrels tend to be in a particular yeah. configured room and so on and it sort of builds a certain familiarity with it i mean it, the tile sets vary as you as you go through the solar system the out there's some outdoor ones on mars which are all sort of red rock deserty type stuff and they're, they're quite interesting and distinct getting a bit bored of the spaceship ones because pretty much every planet has a couple of spaceships in orbit around it and those will be those will be levels as well and those tile sets are getting a bit bit samey um but i've ended up in some place called the void 
which is okay. like this big wisp of energy and light that hovers outside the orbit of Pluto. And there's a couple of locations in there, and that all seems to take place in some sort of very white and gold. It's like so Final Fantasy thirteen. It's <laughs> like and 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 it's like some vastly upmarket super posh hotel stroke shopping mall. And there's just all these gribbly monsters charging around and me blowing things up with shotguns. And I just feel like I want to go back and apologise afterwards because I've messed the place up. There's quite a lot of interesting puzzle elements in there as well. I mean, certainly the spy missions typically you'll have to go to three different computers and hack them to get some data and those areas will take place in little little set pieces through a manually locked door so okay. you, you, you zerg your way through the mission doing the usual crazy and then you get to a point where you have to manually unlock a door using the hacking mini game and that's relatively easy but it's there to stop your flow and then the, the, the lotus says oh if you if you trip the alarms now they'll start deleting the data so basically you end up with this small mini level where you have to try and sneak your way through the security measures to get to the computer yeah. and hack it without setting off all the alarms or they start to get rid of the data so that's quite interesting quite variable there's quite a few mission types in there i'm starting not to well most of them i'm fine with there's one called interception um which has you sing i'm I'm pretty sure this is a poorly adapted uh group mission (laughs) you go in there on your own you have to try and hold five four different uh beacons and the enemy comes in and if any of them get near it they take them back and over the course of the mission you yeah. You count up tickets. Very difficult with solo. And I try queuing to, for a pickup group, and no one seems to do them. There's this alert system in there. Every so, every so often, there'll be a big alert, and you'll get bonus loot and rewards for doing particular locations yeah. around the solar system. And those will be the ones people then queue up and do the pugs for. So, so you're sort of guided by that, really. Um, yeah. I, I managed to unlock a thing called an arc wing. Arch wing. Yeah. Um, that's fun. It's, it's a flying level. So it's a vehicle. Does not sound fun. No, 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 it does not sound fun. The first one was all right. It was a, it was a bit manic. Suddenly, you find yourself for various plot reasons. You manage to get hold of a pair of like space wings that strap on your back and an enormous gun. <sighs> and basically, it's an, like it's, it's it's a bit like the. Um, it, look a bit anime. No, the old Republic, you know, the on rail shooter. Oh. It's a little bit like that. You've got a very long space corridor you have to fly Don't through like and it. stuff shooting at you. While you. Yeah, I could see I could get a bit better with it with practice, but the, the second one of those I jumped in, you basically got to race down this thing. Uh, and there's these slowing you down snare mines all the way along that you have to shoot before you get to. And you have to try and get to the end before these enemy spaceship, enemy transports disappear. Okay. It, oh, it's time based, it's three dimensional, there's stuff going off <laughs> everywhere. It's, I mean, as a spectacle, they're fascinating and quite fun but it's so different from the charging around with a shotgun yeah. or, or you know ninja sword or whatever that the rest of the game is that you start to think yeah this does feel a lot like the the obligatory vehicle level that changes everything and that people hate so i don't know what the general opinion is on the arcwing missions whether people like them or not but it makes it changes things up i just need to practice the earlier ones a few more times i think get the hang of how it all feels because it does handle very differently you got this sort of infinite firing gun and you can dart around at high speed and they come at you from sort all axes it's quite disorienting to be honest but it's the sort of thing you could get the hang of if you practice a bit i suppose um yeah i mean i'm sort of chugging away through i've still not found another warframe yet or 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 enough bits to make a warframe i've got various because each warframe comes in four separate components the neuroptics the 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 armor the systems and etc so you have to basically find blueprints for four separate subcomponents and the materials to make them then another blueprint to assemble those subcomponents together and then suddenly a new warframe okay. and that is your actual class or you can buy it from the shop for money you know of that's, course you that's fine um i'm trying to see how far i can get they give you 50 platinum which is their cash shop currency to start with and so far i've spent that on uh, inventory space for more weapons always something. a good choice yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of fluff you could buy with the platinum as well but i think the inventory i'm using that up on there eventually i'm gonna run out of platinum and and i have to i don't know start selling off weapons I've already mastered and so I've got room for new ones or oh yeah give them some money and I'm not averse to giving people money in cash shops but I do like to get my money's worth first if you know what I mean you know pay pay after rather than ahead (laughs) but uh, it's it's not terribly exploitative if you're patient enough and and happy with the the basic kit you get to start with if you like the basic gameplay if if you're not liking it and think that another class or different weapons might be better then you can jump through the hopes and get the uh, cash up currency and try and shortcut across but odds are that it's the game is the problem not necessarily your choice of class I mean the the starter kit you get the Excalibur Warframe and the the Skarna Sword and the Mark One Paris bow and all the rest of it—they're very decent. They're good. They're good kit, and there's enough um, 
enough weapons in there that you can buy for in-game money as well. Uh, I mean, you can keep progressing, even if the, uh, yeah. the choices of guns aren't as, as cool as you might like. But I'm just really loving it. I love the aesthetic still, just the look and the feel and the styling of it all. The, the graphic design behind it all, the production design, is is, is really quite novel. Yeah, it's, it's a bit Final Fantasy Thirteen, a bit weird, sort of organic space ninjas from the future. You know, it's a, it's a bit Destiny as well. I think I need yeah. to actually have a proper go at you Destiny just so I can know what I'm talking about when I make these comparisons. But um, but yeah, it's that kind of thing, and it is quite unlike a lot of other stuff I've seen in you know your traditional MMOs. I mean, it, it functionally plays like any other action MMO, really. I mean, it's a bit like uh, I suppose um, Division, a bit perhaps not quite as gun focused. It's a bit more melee focused than the Division, but it's that kind of you know immediacy to it rather than your usual MMO combat. You know, waiting for cooldowns to finish yeah. and you know dice rolls going on behind the scenes. It, it's very much more immediate, very much. But of course, the downside all that is that because it is so immediate, it is very wearing. You can't. I just don't think I could do it for three hours of an evening. Just charge, charge, charge. Shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Recommend one of the one of the buy for in-game money guns. The Strun. It's called. It's basically a, it's a six-shot shotgun pump reload thing. Very powerful against, particularly against the infestation missions, which is a, a faction of gribbly melee things that just come running in. Um, Shotgun for the for the job there, yeah. the right tool for the job. Very satisfying. Um, I found a few other guns that are not quite as good. There's something called the Boltor. Um, it's, it's a very heavy machine gun thing, but it's just it. The per shot's not great, and you know you spending a whole time reloading so i don't know but no really enjoying it a lot still i think i've made it up to about phobos and series now just gone past mars so heading on to the outer planets uh, and he's starting to ramp up starting to get trickier i'm starting to f- not quite as face rolly as the early inner yeah. planets and i'm wondering is that because i'm not got the right power progression because i'm relying on in-game drops or is it just because the game is going to get more difficult am i right in a, am i wrong in assuming i can get to the end of the solar system perhaps perhaps i'll get a point where it is just too difficult well, might start needing help or you have to start looking for pickup groups or possibly or, i mean if, when you go from one planet to another you have to go through something called a relay which is like a big sort of mass effect style space laser gateway thing and each of those is guarded by a specter and each of those specters is essentially a variation on one of the existing warframes so it's essentially you versus one other boss yeah. battle type thing and some of them are really easy and some of them are really hard and it depends on the strategy you used I, the last one i think i was using to get from get from mars to series was something called trinity i don't really know what it is but it it seemed to be a quite a standoff bow using character that was really just nailing me and i i i took me several goes to try and work out what to do and i ended up looking up and apparently the the excalibur's number two hotkey ability is is a sort of aoe blind stun and i just stun locked it (laughs) and wailed on it with a stick (laughs) i I got um because the excalibur has a bonus for swords because you know excalibur whatever but I'm currently levelling up a, a bow, you know, just basically a big two-handed stick thing, and I've got so many mods on there that adjust its damage type that it's doing explosive damage when I hit people with it. It's very satisfying. <laughs> just running around wailing on people with a big stick, um, which is you know, what is good in life. Yeah. You know. um, so, and I just, yeah, basically managed to, it's got all sorts of clever life drain and damage reflection skills and, and really you know, one-hit long-range bow and stuff, so I just ran in, blinded it, and then just beat it to death with a stick. Um, and hooray, off to the next planet. So, yeah. That it, it, it seems like I'm getting to the point in the game where it's no longer sufficient just to run through with your primary weapon nailing stuff like it's any old shooter. I've got to start thinking about what are my abilities, how do I use the strategies and the tactics and the different weapons I have access to. I can go back to the ship and try a different weapon, come back. So I'm seeing that it does start to have a tactical and strategic element to, to the gameplay, which is which is not what you'd expect from sort of the early game. Which no, is, it's unusual. It's very, it is very zergy, particularly in pickup groups if you're doing these um, rift things to open your relics. You have join a pickup group and just charge through (laughs) you know i mean all the pickup grouping i've tried so far has been me basically following this trail of loot and trying to get to the end in you know not slowly enough to inconvenience people by waiting too long you know that's all i can hope for really but um yeah still very much enjoying it it's 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 just this little simple casual thing you know your 15 minute mission 20 minute mission soloing through zerging you can do you can play it for stealth if you like there are stealth mechanics you know there are awarenesses and and alarms that they set off if they know you're coming or and you can and the various weapons you can do silent takedowns with as well so you know you can play it as a big charge through zerging shotgun blah 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 or you can try these sneaky sneaky shoot them with a bow when no one's looking one hit kill stuff as well it sort of rewards both play styles which is odd as well so yeah i'm just still still in the honeymoon period 
period with it again, I guess. I mean, I was talking to, I think Wish mentioned, you know, he must have, we were talking about it on Slack, and I think he said he, he must have played it before, and he, he said it was quite, it's quite, quite repetitive, um, quite, um, sort of, quite grindy. Um, but I don't know when I he think played these it. these games tend to become. Like Most, I can see how it could be. I am still, you know, enjoying the newness of it all, but I can see, yeah, the same missions come up, but I'm just quite enjoying the basic business of you playing those missions at yeah. the moment. That'll get boring eventually, everything does, but for now, it's, it seems interesting. And the, the narrative they've sort of tied all this stuff together with seems to work well enough. It's a pretext rather than a, it's not a Mass Effect style, follow the story to the end and now you're done. It's a, here are all these rinse and repeat missions, and oh, we strung a few of them together to make mini story chains, but, you know, don't read too much into it just just go crazy with the guns and things so yeah so i can see me playing that for quite a while to be honest it's a very casual fill-in game rather than a main event game you know i'm playing other stuff as well but this this is good for those odd half hours mm. like it over to you i've been playing patapon patapon it's I'm been sure we've talked about this we before. have about 10 years ba-da, ago ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. it has been re-released for the ps4 Okay, and that means a lot of people who missed it first time round get to experience the annoyingly um, infectious music. <laughs> Patapon is a side-scrolling, rhythm-based RTS. RTS, okay, effectively. Yeah, yeah. You have uh, squads of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you control them using different rhythms. Okay. Patter 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 pon, moves and forwards. Yeah. Pom pom patter pom. Uh, make some attack and there are others as well <laughs> you've already lost me and so basically you start at the left side of a level you travel across to the right side of the level mm-hmm. and you attack stuff along the way you what by, by playing music at by them. playing music at them that's that's brilliant it is it is an absolutely brilliant thing did it ever come out for the pc I no uh... no it started off as a um psp game okay yeah uh back on the old rattly disc things and it was you know when that and locker roco disappeared i was really disappointed because you know they've gone away i really like those games uh but now they're they're both back on ps4 now because everything needs to be re-released and i'm not complaining the ps4 does that natively use ps3 games as backward compatibility no did they not do that in the end they can't do that okay due to changes in architecture Um, so you have to wait for projects like this to come along to redo well you can play ps3 games running uh as a streaming service from their servers okay uh uh, a limited list of PS3 so is this the same essentially the same game just made to work or is yeah, have they enhanced this, this, it this, um, it's a bit higher res in places the hmm. cutscenes aren't but the actual game is because it's gone from you know tiny tiny PSP screen oh, yeah, yeah. just a handheld screen up into 1080p game hmm. um, only slightly shows that they've only done some of the graphics okay because you know you can't you'd have to completely remake whole chunks of it to make it be a bit res. jaggy yeah, whenever there's a full screen, uh, the intro sequence, for instance, is very oh, low res. They just, yeah, just stretch the cutscenes and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, no, it's one of those really, really interesting games that I really loved first time round, but I mean, didn't, talking about it, didn't finish it because it was on the PSP and the PSP was a pain to actually remember to play. Yeah. But now it's on PS4 and it's pushed all my other games over by one, mm. which means slightly more positive about PS4 because I've got Patapon sitting there. Yeah, yeah. I might buy Locoroco and so that one can be next to it. And it's like, not exactly a system seller. It's certainly a, an, <laughs> an incentive to play it. It's yeah. an incentive for me to start it up and not get upset that I've got other games 200 there. downloads to come, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy this game. I mean, I'm going to say this a lot about every game I play recently. <laughs> it's not very deep. Well... Yes, there's yeah. not a lot of strategy and you're just basically knowing what you need to do at each time but it is a very enjoyable and satisfying thing getting the patterns right and well yeah getting all the timings spot on yeah so it sounds the like a certain skill based oh what do you get bonuses if you deliver the commands precisely yeah. right yeah uh, okay yeah so there's a certain dexterity based skill based element to it oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's do a proper rhythm game as, w- as well as being a uh, side-scrolling 2d rds yeah yeah uh, yeah, I remember you talking about it before and and, and now, and it, it does sound genuinely different and interesting to, to pretty much anything else. Yes, yeah. just the rhythm game thing in itself. It's one it? of those games that um, a less witty person might say is a sort of game that a modern games manufacturer uh, company would not make. That mm. some pretty sure they would because they just did. Well. Somebody spent time and yeah. effort to re-release it for the PS4, and presumably, if it does well, it will start to inspire well, other developers. To everything, everyone's everything. looking at what they can remaster. 
which is a good thing because quite a lot of really good games may have been overlooked. Well, it's, it's irritating. You've got us pay again for the same thing, but uh, it's, it's good that they are being made yeah. available, being brought up to date. Because it's, yeah, who's got time to dig out an old original Xbox or PS2? Well, or if, if you if your console can't physically have backwards compatibility, mm. I will take having to buy the games again. Yeah, yeah. You'd as pref- long you'd as prefer it. but then I suppose if you force. If you sort of prevent backward compatibility, then you're forcing people to take another look at their games they've made and potentially improve them. Yeah. So as a part, as you know, yes, you could just straight port it to the new hardware, or you, when you're doing that, you could have a go at fixing a load of bugs from the olden days. Fix a couple of the old bits. Of improve some of the assets. Been better. Yeah, exactly, and, and sort of make something more of it rather than because that's what makes me irritated is if is is blocking backwards compatibility and then doing nothing when it comes to porting it except just making it work. You know, in. <laughs> I suppose in extreme cases that's just flicking an operating system compile bit or something, you know. <laughs> uh, a, really, a really minimum minimal bit of work that you could probably have done in real time by making your the console backward compatible. I don't know, but so if you're going to do that, then I, if I'm going to buy your product twice, then I'd like to see the second one improved or fixed or, or whatever. I, you know? I don't mind it as much if it's a small game like Patapon. It's yeah. not a fifty quid box release it's a small 10 quid download yeah and i don't mind as much and so, also it's been 10 years so i don't mind buying it again yeah yeah well i'm having a lot of this with um the skyrim special edition thing yes that came along so basically skyrim special edition is essentially they just gone looked at skyrim done some work to make it 64 bit client I think. 64 bit client and, and up to the res up on some of the res on the text and, and to be honest that's that's no reason at all to buy it again if you already had and enjoy it particularly since the 64 bit skyrim special edition version the ss ske whichever there's there's a particular mod that is an extensible scripting framework that goes around skyrim 32 bit which mm, pretty much all of the mods including the usable ui mod um requires to to work and that is i've I've done some research recently because i was i mean annoying about going for it and apparently they hit some kind of development hell trying to make a 64-bit version of the script extender so a whole bunch of other mods can't be made available for the special edition and skyrim really vanilla skyrim you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've become so dependent on it it's about it's about sort of 15, 16, 20 or so environment and landscape mods at loan that I'm using on my Skyrim just to make it look even even more awesome and and, and good. Did the extension- and none, hardly any of those will work on the special edition. People are starting to do mods for special edition, and I think I remember seeing some news lately that they're they're on about create doing something called a content creators club. For Skyrim, yeah. which is a way of them being able to officialize and monetize mods that people are making for Skyrim and sell the them through Bethesda's own store. Given for free for PC users. I think it did. I checked in Steam, and I think I do have it. Because that happens quite a lot of PC. I think they, I think they have people, given it to me, but I don't really want to invest and commit because yeah. I've got a I've got a save game in there that's like level sixty-seven or something, and I've got about two hundred hours in, and I I don't want to start a game <laughs> with half of the mods I've come to depend on missing as well. So yeah. I, I say this with the sarcasm that it deserves, but even uh, games publishers realise that a HD remake of a PC game maybe is not worth charging for. No, no, quite. But well, I mean, I'd, I'd appreciate the work they've done on the sixty-four bit, but I'd, I'd, I'd want better compatibility. But then I suppose that's not really there. Well, theirs to when do, it comes is down it? to the modding, is basically hacking into it yeah. and injecting code and doing nasty things. And one of the things about sixty-four bit process is some of the things in there designed to make that harder. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're actual hang-up is no no it's hard to find any particular progress or or updates on it and and that's the thing with mod the mod scene is essentially it's all voluntary there's no you know no no you have any rights as a customer when it comes to mods it's just people doing it as a hobby and they can stop and get bored anytime what you really need is for the bethesda for that well bethesda need to stop putting the hooks into their games well i imagine they will going forward but skyrim itself is what three four five years old now it's getting on a bit yeah but they're still selling there's a game of the year edition coming out special edition yeah, I keep no, pining. No, for, actually, no, that's Fallout. I know. I, I keep scouring every so often. I'll scour the internet looking for news of, of Elder Scrolls Six, and it's all just wish pieces from gaming magazines. And I think there was some E3 or some 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 show where some Bethesda people came out and said, "No, we're not actually we're not working on it at yeah. all." So, well, partly they said they don't want to be just the the Skyrim and Fallout company. They're I do. Other, they they got, could they could be that. They got other stuff they want I'm to be happy doing. With that. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, I think if if they made if they made the Elder Scrolls Six. 
6 and launched it and it was anything even comparable to, to Elder Scrolls 5 it would kill Elder Scrolls Online dead yes and I think they don't want that so. no that, that would be bad <laughs> so uh, yeah I don't think we're going to see Elder Scrolls 6 for at least 3 to 5 years if, if at all oh. well I think when Elder Scrolls Online either becomes something else mm, or well, it's already gone free to play yeah. which is often well, a sign it's not doing as well as they hope or the standard playbook now for MMOs yeah I don't know anything about Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, you know, Tepo and Jen, te, you know, with the old Emma Moskatiers podcast, they, they they love it lots and, and play it yeah. all the time. So I played the starter area and then I just never got around to playing anymore. Yeah, but you don't do MMOs. No, it's you? an MMO. Mm. I lost my enthusiasm and I have patapons to compare. Well, the thing is, the Elder Scrolls Online is sort of jokingly referred to as the product that nobody asked for, you know. It's like yeah. <laughs> nobody wanted a massively multiplayer Elder Scrolls because that just utterly defeats the point of the Elder Scrolls. Give us a large, detailed <laughs> world that looks gorgeous. Yeah, and then, and then it, just go away. Fill it with random yeah. idiots who I'm not who I don't want to talk to and are just gonna grief me. Yeah. I will entertain myself. I want to be the best at everything. That is the sole thing about Sky about Elder Scrolls game is you are the Dragonborn, the special one, the chosen one, and you can do everything, all of it, and you don't need anyone else. Um but yeah Although occasionally like in Oblivion, Sean Bean steals the kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean I Still feel better. like I feel like I want to um I don't know, perhaps just install the special edition Skyrim alongside the other one. You just, probably can. Just, just to see what the difference maybe. is. Have a look, maybe. Oh, yeah, it's a separate entry in uh, and it's a real Steam, sh- so you It's can. a real shame, because with, when you go a bit over the top with mods, like I have... Yeah. Um, you, you get, get memory what, issues, aren't you? Yes, yeah, so when you get to about 150 mods all trying to load in at once, it, it does tend to just dump straight out to a black screen and fall apart when it hits that memory limit. Would they only be able to uh, realistically deal with a couple of gigabyte really yes. start to buy yes, yeah. on your I-have-a-lot-more-gigabytes machine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got about eight, sixteen gigs, something like that, and it can, you know, when you when Skyrim can only access three point whatever of it because of thirty two bit addressing, you just start to think if only there were a version of Skyrim that was sixty four bits, yeah. then you could load as many mods as you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Anyway, um, digressing wildly. Remakes, yes. Pass upon. Well, well. Oh, we still. <laughs> I've forgotten what game we. I've, I've finished digressing. Yeah. No, so, yeah. No, Pass upon. It's really good. I really enjoy it. It's a great game. Everyone should go and play it because it's different. Yes, it sounds like some uh, quite an unusual experience. In it fi- it, playing it now, it feels like a game that Nintendo would put on the Switch now. Because I like the idea of music as gameplay, but I'm just terrible at these Guitar Hero things and you know stuff like that. You know, where, where it's actually music or Rocksmith. God, that's actually playing a guitar, yeah. isn't it? That's not just coloured buttons. I'm finding Rocksmith really hard at the moment because mm. I need to replace one of my strings because it snapped. Yeah. Yeah. And also, my guitar's in a different room. <laughs> <than my computer. laughs> mm. Anyway, I'm going to talk about Path of Exile. Okay. We are playing that on the Monday. So now I have finished Guild Wars forever. Cue um, Guild Wars 1 <laughs> expansion. Yeah, Guild Wars 1. Uh, no, Guild Wars 2 expansion previewing this weekend. I've seen oh. lots of people in Slack talking about it. Are you playing Getting it? positive responses. No, I'm done with Guild Wars 2 for the time being. I mean, I'll probably pop along at some point in the future and have a look because it's Ilona. And that was always the one, the bit of Nightfall campaign in Guild Wars 1 was always the bit I liked the best. And this is Guild Wars 2's bit of that. So, is oh. that my song? Uh, no, I think we're alone. Yes, yes, By Tiffany. yes, very much so. Yeah, that's a pop culture reference. Of I heart, know. Isn't it? <laughs> Do write in if you get that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're playing. Part, we thought we wanted something a bit light and casual on the Monday, just some Skellington clicker, and yeah. of course Diablo. Uh, Path <laughs> Diablo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Freudian slip there. I was about to say Path of Exile is a very competent Diablo two stroke three clone. So you by know. clone you mean exact copy? Absolutely. The classes are called different things, but pretty much it plays the same. Yeah. The serial numbers you can see where they were. <laughs> It's it's a good game though because Diablo is a good game as well. But you know, Path of Exile, of course, being free, um, I have to say they're particularly unexploitative in their microtransactions and cash shop. There's almost nothing you need to buy. That's terrible. <laughs> you can How buy are they making money. Well, you can buy extra bank tabs. I've got four bank tabs already, and I haven't even filled one yet. Um, but mostly, it's like flaming footsteps or custom different coloured particle uh, effects for your abilities. It's all. It's see, I don't care what people think of me, so I don't buy those. Well, exactly. But then, if you don't give people a reason to give you money, they won't. So. It's a, it's a yeah. difficult line to follow, I suppose. I'm, we probably ought to pay them some money for a thing. They've recently launched the Fall of Oriath big expansion. It's their biggest yeah. content delivery ever. It adds a whole another five acts to the main story. I'd, I'd never finished the first stuff yet. So it's like we're all in there on Monday going, is this new? Is this new? <laughs> the loading screen was new, um, but we couldn't tell if, because we're so new to the basic gameplay, we can't tell if that's just something that was always there yeah. or whether this is something that they added during the patch. We are so noobs. 
So it looks like we're shaping up for a full group in there as well. We had, wow. we had four of us on Monday. Um, so it's me, Toe Rag and Malty, and we wish joined in, and then Teppo and, and Somnum were expressing interest in Slack as well. And I've enforced a you-must-be-a-different-character rule. There are six characters. There's no very little customization as well. You just pick the character, and that's who you are. You can't choose a face or head or anything for them. Uh, so they all look, they all look like yes, they and, look. Yes, which another looks, ruined bit for microtransactions. It looks great in towns when you've got eight or nine different witches all standing <laughs> around the, 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 the uh, vendor, all, all looking identical and you trying to work out who's you who are you and is any of any of you my friends <laughs> um and what we're finding is that we're having bad enough because they've gone for quite a sort of brooding grim dark art style yeah. in which the the player characters look quite a lot like the monsters and now i start to understand why in games like guild wars 2 and world of warcraft player characters look like these neon clad you know yeah. massive you know <laughs> shoulder pads and big colored runes all over them and trails and uh, particle effects because it's quite difficult in path of exile to tell the difference between Torag and a monster i'm finding particularly when Torag comes wandering into view with like four or five zombies following him and i'm going ah we're being followed by zombies click 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 nothing happening oh yes you're you're a summoner aren't you i, yes. I would say that i've always found oh, you've got, got, got the special guns. ability that, that summons a load of zombies from corpses and they fight for you and i can't tell the difference between them and the enemies so so i've been for, so i've decided that it's difficult enough telling the difference between player characters and monsters let alone two player characters who look identical so i've made everyone pick a different class um I've gone with the Marauder, which is the strength-based giant bruiser type with the, mm-hmm. the big weapon. I've, I've, I'm going to try and specialise that down into War Cries, I think. When you open up the skill tree in Path of Exile, you're presented with this, oh, you know, it's like, it's like you know, in the end of 2001 where he goes in the yeah. monolith. It's just like, it's great. It looks like the it looks like an under, London Underground map invented by a madman who likes brass. Um, but And that's the same skill tree for everyone and every class, and you sort of work your way along the nodes, spending points and unlocking different bits that go off. And so you have to look for some, some screenshots of it. It's, you got to see it to believe it. Quite intimidating. But um, so I've gone down all the red stuff, and um, we got we got the witch there. There's a ranger. Those are all like the the pure cast, pure classes based on dexterity, intelligence, and strength. And then there's hybrid classes. I think there's a shadows, like an assassin, a templar bloke, sort of crusadery fellow, and um, who's the other one? Um, I've forgotten now. There's another one. Probably is. the other one. Anyway, yes. So Charles Brandreth. Um, duelist. Like I said, Charles, Charles Brandreth, yes. So that's that's good. We've, we're going to have a full party of six, which is the the, the game's limit, uh, and one of each class. That'd be interesting. Yeah. The one of each class is good because it means that the loot drops tend to be quite aimed okay, at specific yeah, yeah. stat breakdowns. No one's fighting. You don't have to fight over loot particularly, no, because the stat breakdowns mean that each stuff is very obviously made, aimed at particular classes, so that'll be good. Um, and I think apparently it does scale according to one of the loading screens I checked earlier. We couldn't tell. It was just insane. <laughs> and there's a whole load of stuff and we couldn't work out if it was some league thing. That's the big thing path of exile when you create a new character you can choose to be in, in a league yeah or a standard character and there's two i think there's a hardcore league and a normal league and a standard character standard character standard character that's what you'd expect the league is a kind of time limited thing where there are extra bonus events and basically you start a character at the beginning of the league and you play until the end of the league at which point your character drops over into the standard character okay uh, and i guess the point of the league is replayability if you're yeah. really into the game and really good at it you you can play in such a way that you every, when a new league starts start a new character and off you go see how yeah. far you can get in that league yeah. bonus loot which you can then transfer over to a standard character when you come out of it all. Uh, but the problem is League characters are not allowed to group with standard characters because that's uh, yeah. some kind of cheating, I guess, um, which meant that about t- two, maybe three people who've joined us so far have had to start again <laughs> because yeah. they had the wrong League and stuff. We don't know what's going on. There was some zone where there was some thing with some hands coming up and big work with purple smoke. And if you touch the hand out of the floor, a ring appears, monsters start running in and showering you with loot, and then the ring goes back out again i don't know what's going it's a game it's a game that's not a it, it basically it's like they've studied very basic gamer psychology and thought what are gamers like gamers like loot let's give them lots and lots and lots of loot until they're sick of loot and then they won't stop complaining um Yes, I mean you look at the screen and already I've you know it's, it's standard practice just ignore anything with a white name yeah. and we're starting to ignore stuff with blue names now as well <laughs> because there's just too much loot. Um, yeah, I, I, it's like um, I just you know I could do with a bit less treasure. You know, <laughs> it's a stupid thing to complain about, but there you go. But yeah, it's it's very accessible, very easy easy going. It beats on Guild Wars in a way because if someone drops out through a communication loss because it's all instance and hard. In the instance only contains you and your group. But if someone drops off, all you need to do is one of the rest of you uses the town portal scroll, which goes, opens a big uh, blue circle, and then they just 
connect at the nearest town, jump through that portal and straight back with cool. you. If that were Guild Wars, they'd have to just cool their heels in yeah. the town for the next 20 minutes until we'd finished doing the zone, come back out for them. So already more robust than that. So, yeah, and I don't think I've ever finished Path of Exile. I've got maybe one or two world maps in, uh, Act 3, yeah, Act uh, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. We're, we it, we got, we spent about two weeks getting to the same point that it took Tepo forty five minutes to catch up to. So we're not a, a high achieving, uh, fast moving group, but uh, no. we like to take in the surroundings as we go. It's um, yeah, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. Just really straightforward. Click 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 monsters. You know, use your special abilities. Hooray! Stuff going on. Lots of treasure. So it's, it's a simple kind of lightweight game, which I find myself tending to lately yeah. these days. A bit like like you were saying earlier. You know the the, the it's not a deep game, but it's satisfying in its way. So yeah, um, doing that on the Mondays for the foreseeable, I suppose. Cool. Over to you. I got nothing else. You got nothing else. Okay. Uh, we're talking about tabletop simulator. We've been playing, so we got. Uh, we're halfway through a game of Battlestar Galactica. Ah. Yes, they found a, found a good module for that, and we were going through the basics of how to play all that. If all... you're halfway through the game, this episode will be out before you play the next bit. I don't know. Cause... So I will not ask the question. <laughs> uh, well. We already have one revealed Cylon. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I'm saying. But, yeah, because we've got a couple of people who can't make it a few different weeks in a row. But that's fine. This stuff keeps. Tabletop Simulator will let you save the game yeah. state as a file, reload it any time in the future. Okay, you might have a bit of trouble trying to work out what your strategy was three weeks later. But apart from that, very good, very good. Uh, we were playing Thunderstone this weekend. I like Thunderstone. Yeah, this last this last Friday on the Tabletop Simulator. Uh, now, I don't know. Last time I played Thunderstone was quite a while ago, and that must have been quite an old edition. That was the the big box with the blue and green. We've blue not and green. played for a couple of years. Yeah, so I got really confused when I was looking for it on Table Simulator because there's something called Thunderstone Advanced now. Advanced? Yeah. Which has lots of multicoloured, different coloured cards and seems to be more of an actual heroes and fighting and adventuring party sort of thing rather than just, you know, buying stuff from town, go to the dungeon. We managed to find a, an original edition one that I understood, so we played that. But And now there's something called Thunderstone Quest, which is either in a kind of beta stage at the moment or just about out or out soon. And that is full-on character sheets and backstory okay. and all the rest of it. So I don't know what that's all about. I feel I may have lost the track of the plot and Thunderstone somewhere on the lines, and I now know nothing about the game. Yeah, well, it's, it's very much like Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's basically it's a deck-based limited card game. So you have all the cards on the play, all come out of the box at the start. There's no going off and buying loads of boosters. Which is nice. Yeah, I definitely prefer limited card games, and it's it's very much like Dominion. You have a village with a whole different different sets of resources as cards. You have a hand and a deck, and you basically buy cards until you can put together a deck, which will then give you a hand, which will allow you to attack the dungeon, which is a row of three cards, which have all monsters of different strengths on. And basically, yeah, you're trying to work. It's about asset management you know acquisition build up the build up your deck until you're at the point where you can reliably put, pull six cards out that can deal with yeah. the monster and then repeated attacks on the monsters and then once eventually the thunderstone is revealed in the dungeon deck when that comes out game's over you count up how many victory points you got from attacking the various monsters pretty straightforward really um you lots of shuffling involved and i tell you what yeah. i love tabletop simulator over real life card games for the shuffling because you don't have to actually physically shuffle cards, which I'm not very good at in real life. Uh-huh. That's the big hands. Um, but yeah, you just right-click and select shuffle in table simulator, and it even does that noise, uh, and nice. then done. Yeah, no, randomised. And, and when you're playing Dominion and Thunderstone, where you're basically cycling cards you bought yeah. into a hand over and over and over, you're doing so much shuffling all the time that, that it's just a nice thing to have <laughs> electronically instead of physically. Obviously, you know, it doesn't beat the, the sitting around a table and enjoying the, the company of other people, but it's a very good I mean, I just can't recommend Tabletop Simulator enough. It's it's a totally different kind of thing. It is not a, a single-player game in the traditional sense. But if you've got a load of online friends yeah. that you like board and you like board games, go and look at it. it. It is absolutely perfect for the task. I mean, it's a little bit fiddly manipulating cards and pieces until you get the hang of it. But but we found it works very well. Probably the best sort of online virtualized kind of board gaming space I've come across. Although I don't you know search out many. And and better than a lot of purpose built standalone individual digital board games, you know, where yeah, where the, yeah. the whole thing is just one board game but made digital. This will support all of that and many other games as well. Yeah. So yeah, just tabletop simulator, go look for it. Brilliant. 
Anything else? Nope. I'm out. Do you spill? If you go along to HannahMurderTime.com, you can see this and all our other shows. You can go along to our YouTube channel where you can see our various videos. You can go along to our new YouTube channel, which I might let you on at some point, which is How to Murder Dice, where I cover more tabletop stuff and more wargamey type stuff. And uh, if you join us next time, we'll probably be talking about a Hugo book. Excellent. With that, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.